At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, June 5th, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today to help you become a better investor. And don't get too excited just because I don't usually do Mondays. Justin usually does Mondays, but he's on vacation for the next week or so, and I'll be doing the show. When I say don't get too excited, or maybe you shouldn't get too disappointed, depending on which one of us you like better. <laughs> Some of you I know like Justin better than you like me hosting the show. But this week, you're stuck with me. Okay? So I will give you proper data. I will give you perspective. I will be honest, straightforward, like we always are. We've been doing this for more than 20 years, everybody. 23 years, more than 24 years, maybe. I don't, yeah, geez, that's a long time. And of course, I am going to blend today's comments with what you, the listener, provide in the way of questions and topic selection. You drive the show, you take it wherever you want it to go. You set the table, everybody. So that makes you a vital part of the program and podcast, as you probably know that. Now, here on Talk, we do not pre-screen live calls and or, or live calls. We don't. We just take them as they come in. We don't uh, discriminate against any of them. Uh, we we do, we do throw out topics. You know, I talk about various points during the show that I think are are of interest that happen today, and we'll of course be doing that like we do that every day. But it's a live show. And again, it's your viewpoint, your your direction that you push it with your questions. Okay, so we're going to focus. Remember, in, in 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 the marketplace, we all have to do several things. One of them is to make sure you ignore your emotions about investing. Okay, and you got to take charge of your own and your own financial situation. You got to grab and say, this is what I'm going to do. You don't have to just live day to day to day and just spend the money you earned and never think about your future. That is foolish. I know if you're very, very, very young, a lot of young people do that. But they would be much better served if they considered their uh, future and their retirement because the longer you invest in the market, the better off you're going to be. Okay? So... Anyways, and we also want you not to chase the headlines. We say that all the time. Don't chase performance. Don't don't chase it. That's not how you pick stocks. You pick stocks because they're good, solid companies, and they're at a pretty good price. Okay? Uh, or they got really great growth potential, even though it might be overpriced. You know, something that you got to, you don't just pick because the headlines say, oh, that's a good one, or you heard somebody, or a tip. tip buying a stock because a tip is the worst thing you could do. Don't ever buy a tip. Never. Okay? And don't let greed creep into your decision-making. 
Okay, I don't want to lecture, so we won't do that. Too much. My focus point today, could small cap stocks be setting up to take the lead in the market? I think that's a pretty good point. So we're going to discuss that today. Some analysts think that the fading recession fears and cheap valuations make small caps attractive. What do you think? I'm going to give you a bunch of information. you got to make up your own mind. Time permitting, I also will talk about some of the economic numbers that came out today. I mean, we had some that I think are worth mentioning. Also, Morgan Stanley warns of a deep earnings recession. Earnings recession. It's fascinating to read their analyst report about what the market is going to do. I thought it was fascinating. I'm going to share that with you. And, of course, you probably heard today that Saudi Arabia is going to cut production of a million barrels of oil uh, in July. Uh, You know, from an economic point of view, we could not be any more stupid than not taking full advantage of our own huge amount of energy reserves. I don't get it. I don't get it from an economic point of view. It makes so much sense not to rely on anybody else and be an exporter of energy instead of an importer. But we're, we're going to get into that and talk about why Saudi Arabia is doing what Saudi Arabia is doing. Did you see what uh, Canada is doing also about their oil? We'll, talk, we'll get to that. That's, I want to talk about that too. Lots of things to talk about, always is. As long as time is permitting. Of course, in the voice bank questions we have today that we're going to play, how to pay for a master's degree. And TMST, Timken Steel Corporation. So we got all that and more. And, of course, your live calls are what we wanted to discuss. That's always first. Your live calls, 888-99-CHART. That's our number, 888-992-4278. The market was down today. Dow was down 150 points, NASDAQ down 37, and the S&P down 6. So it was down, nothing major, just down. Let's go ahead and start off with our first voicemail question. Hi, this is Daniel from Crosby, Texas, calling about the stock ticker HRB, H&R Block. Was interested in your thoughts on this one. And uh, what do you think is a good entry point? Thank you. HR Block is very cyclical because of taxes, everybody. So you just got to keep an eye on it. Um, it is cyclical. You want to buy it when it's reasonably priced. And to, next year, they're going to make the most money they've made in 10 years $4.01 a share next year. That'd be up 8% from this year. And this year is up 6% from last year. Very, very steady earnings growth. It's a $31 stock. So that tells you what? A little bit below eight on the PE? Maybe seven? And their five year range is four to 205. So, yeah. Now, it's at $31. The cheapest they've ever been in the last umpteen years has been $11. And that year, they made 91 cents a share. This year, they're going to make $4.01 a share. They pay a 3.7% dividend. They have lots of debt. That's the only big red flag that I see. I want to know why they have that debt. I mean... I think they might have it because it's been acquiring other companies. It's a $4.7 billion company. If, and if those acquired companies are net positive on their earnings going forward, I don't have a problem with the debt. But they do have quite a bit of debt. Their growth is very, very slow. 
from a valuation point of view, it's fairly cheap. But once you throw in that level of debt, it makes it look not as cheap as you would like. That's the problem. Find out what the debt is. That, that would be the key for me. H&R Block, HRB is the symbol. We're going to do a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on the Invest Talk Voice Bank listener line. We want that. But if you call now, we're live. We are live. So if you call that listener line right this minute, you're going to get on air with me, and I would love to have that. And, of course, we're streaming uh, live uh, on investtalk.com and on AM1220 radio out of the San Francisco Bay Area. So please call 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. Here. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Foods, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 CHART. The stock market is constantly changing, and serious investors know that they need to modify their portfolio assets to fit the times. And now, with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on Invest Talk. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. My focus point today, could small cap stocks be setting up to take the lead in the market? Because right now, it's the big cap tech stocks are driving all the indexes. But what, why this article even exists is because of valuations. The small cap stocks are the most undervalued part of the market right now. And they also way underperform me. I'm way underperform because of fear of a recession. Remember, and because that fear has driven interest rates up. And small cap stocks are usually the highest growth stocks. At the same, the highest indebted stocks in debt, and the highest risk part. So that's why they've been beaten up so much because interest rates were rising, and you know, no people wanted to take less and less risk. And that means staying away from the U.S. small cap index type stocks. Okay? And that's what's happened. And small caps are rarely seen as a discount or value play. Rarely. So it's kind of making it a little bit compelling to take a look at some small cap stocks. Now, this is new. Uh, I have not been saying this. I've been saying stay with the big companies, stay with the big, healthy big companies. If you're going to get in tech, get into the big tech. And, you know, that that would have, been in, that would have served you well. Okay? Um, but now I'm saying mm, maybe you need to start sprinkling in some of them small cap socks now. 
back in there. But please, please, please make sure they're quality small cap stocks. Small cap companies that have earnings or huge sales growth, not have huge prices. Okay? Uh, many of them are going to have debt, but try to get stay away from those that are so buried in debt, they'll never be able to get themselves out. There's certain ways to look at the small cap. You know, you're not going to get, you're probably not going to get really cheap P.E. ratios because many of them don't have E, the earnings. But if they don't have lots of sales, I wouldn't even think about touching them. Okay, so I am just suggesting, and this article is backing me up, that maybe it's time to take a little look at some of the small cap stocks and if you have some quality small caps in your portfolio that have done terrible, now's not the time to sell them. Not now, if they're high quality. Okay, let's go to Richard in Valencia. Hi, Richard. How you doing? Hi, Steve. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, my question is, this is regarding a muni bond fund. The symbol is NAC, the Novine uh-huh. California Quality Municipal Income uh-huh. uh, Fund. Now, this has dropped in the last six months quite a bit. Yes. And I guess it has to do with interest rates you know, yep. going up, and it's a, a yep. bond fund. But for a long term, and is, would this be maybe an opportunity to start getting into it? Because if wouldn't it follow that if interest rates start to drop off, this fund would go up? And it does pay. I think. Uh, I think it's a secure dividend, uh, and that's you know it's federally tax free also when you have a muni bond. So what do you think about this as uh, part of a portfolio, even long term? It's also state tax free too, federal and state tax free, because it's a closed in fund investing in municipal bonds and income exact. From federal and California state income tax. So you got to be a resident of California. If you're outside the state of California, then you're going to have to pay your own state income taxes if you have it. But I just love, I love, Richard, that you're thinking ahead. You remember, I'm, I'm worried about people always investing in the rearview mirror, looking backwards and saying that's where, uh, that's where we need to be instead of looking in the windshield looking forward. This has been beat up, as you point, the Nuveen California Quality Municipal Fund, NAC. Why did it get beat up? You said exactly why it got beat up, and that was because of the uh, interest rates rising. Now the question is, we know the interest rate has risen. We know it has risen very sharply. But is it going to continue to rise? And if so, how much more? And I will, I'm going to be with you on this, and I think, I think interest rates are peaking. I think they're almost done, they meaning the Federal Reserve. We might get another bump or two, but this is a time you look at these kinds of investments when they've been beat up. It's moved from 16 down to $10.64. If it moves, it, but, uh, it moves up to 14 that's a what 40% return, and you get 4.1% dividend yield. Come on. I like it, Richard. We're headed into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions now. No question is too simple or too complex. You set the agenda. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART.
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin are from Tucson calling in about a, a small cap, micro cap metal and mining company called Timken Steel Corp. T M S T. I have a small position, maybe a quarter position in this. I'm looking at it now. It seems like it might be a good time to buy more. Looks like it beat earnings this quarter substantially. It makes steel products for the oil and gas automotive mining industries. Seems like it'd be in a good space. And it seems pretty cheap. Just wondering what you think. And uh, if now is a good time to buy some more of it. It's been trading sideways for uh, last year or so. Anyway, uh, just looking for your input as always. You guys do a great job, and uh, grateful for what you what you do for me and for for all of us. Thanks, and I'll listen on the podcast. Okay, great, 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 uh, great little micro cap company, TMST Timken Steel Corporation. Okay, you need to know the background of steel companies. What do they? What are their valuations? What are their multiples when they uh, for a steel company? And they're usually very, very low old industry kind of companies making steel profit margins are squeezed all the time so they don't have very high valuations so this one manufactures special bar quality steel mechanical tubing steel components for auto oil and other industries they're going to make a dollar 75 this year they made 209 last year and three dollars and 14 cents a year before but $1.75 this year, and they're going to make $1.92 next year. It's an $18.17 stock. So you're looking at a 10 PE. Well, the five-year range is 4 to 17, so it's right in the middle of the range. I, I would say that this is fairly priced right where it is, even though it might at first blush look like, oh, it's pretty cheap. But not, not because the reason why it's not is because the industry it's in. Okay, it's a $797 million company, so it's a micro cap. Uh, return on equity is very good at 16%. Cash flow is very good at $3.77. Management owns 2%, and mutual funds are steady holders for the last year. Okay, uh, debt is not that bad. It's pretty good. So it's, you know, fundamentally, it looks really strong. It's just that they, these steel companies always trade at discounts to their Earnings. They don't. They never make it to the market PE range of 15. That would be very high for a steel company. Their PE range is more like eight, on average, maybe nine. So this one's at fairly price. So it it doesn't excite me. I probably would not add to it. I don't think I'd sell it, but I don't think I'd add to it either. T M S T. Everybody. Okay. Today we had the S and P Services PMI number. For May, 54.9. Remember, anything above 50 is expanding economy. They expected it to be 55.1, and it was 55.1 last month. So this is May. So in April, they expected it to be the same, and it actually dropped a little bit, only two-tenths of 1%, but that's, and that's not a lot. Also, at the same time, uh, May ISM numbers, the services sector, 50.3, they expected it to be 52.3, and the month before it was 51.9, so it actually went down for May, but still above 50, but just barely. And then you have uh, factory orders, and this is for April, not May, April. 
up four tenths of one percent. They expect it to be up six tenths, and the month before it was up six tenths. So it was a little bit below expectations. So notice that every one of these three numbers are a little bit below expectations, but at the same time, they're still pretty good numbers. For May and April and May, not too bad. So don't think that the economy is falling apart. It's not yet. Mm -mm. Remember the big jobs report that came in last Friday? Huge jobs report, much better than expected. And, you know, so don't think the economy's falling yet. The Federal Reserve so far, remember, also, these interest rates haven't factored into the economy quite yet because they're still raising them. So we still haven't seen the full impact of those rates yet either. But what we are seeing is a better uh, supply chain. Remember all, remember all the months and months and months of problems with supply chain, okay, because of COVID. All that's not behind us. That, all that is behind us now. So that really is beneficial for the economy, the world economy and our economy. Okay, let's squeeze in another caller question. Hi, guys. It's Kyle. I just had a quick question about EXR. That's extra space storage. I know they pay a good dividend. I believe they're a REIT. Been down over the past couple months. Thinking about doubling down on it. Let me know what you think. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, extra space storage. EXR. EXR, everybody. Uh, it's a REIT, real estate investment trust that owns, operates, and develops self-storage facilities in 41 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. And I've always liked this space, but it's always been a pretty expensive space. I mean, when it comes to the earnings or relation to the to the price of stock, they're going to make six fifteen a share next year, making five eighty four this year, eight last year. Uh, going forward, the forward PE is about twenty four. And the range is 17 to 42, so it's kind of on the lower end. Return equity is 27%. So this might be a good place to think about picking it up because it pays a 4.5% dividend. A little high on the debt, but it's a REIT. REIT does have debt. Kind of like it, everybody. Anyways. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline, how the dot-com and tech bubbles compare. They look at how investors can spot signs that funds are growing riskier. That's tomorrow, everybody, and I'll be here. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. Um, I have kind of a personal financial question today. So I'm a 24-year-old teacher from Ohio, and I'm looking to go back to school to get my master's degree. 
it'll in total cost me about $25,000 over two and a half years. So I'm looking how to pay for this uh, further education. And I can only kind of find two ways to do it. I can't find ways in my own paycheck to pay for it. So I could either limit my 403B contributions or I could take out a student loan for this. I'm currently putting $500 into my 403B as well as putting money into my state pension retirement system um, for teachers. What would you guys recommend that I do? Either take out the loan or should I just limit my contributions? Thanks, you guys. I'll listen to your answer on the podcast. That's a a very good and difficult question because I love the fact that you're putting money away, being 24, putting money away for retirement. I love that. I also think it's wise to further educate yourself if you can make earn more money in the future. For the master's degree, you should be able to do that. So make sure you measure the value of the master's degree. How much will it allow you to make in the future? How much more? If you're going to pay 25000 for it, how much more will it allow you to earn? Everything being equal. And it makes sense, if it makes sense to get that master's because you'll make more money, what I would probably do, I'd probably split it down the middle. I would put, I would still contribute half of my 500 250 and put aside the other 250 and borrow less money for the student loan. I think that's what I would do. Um, everything being equal, I really would like to sit down and pencil in how much more money you're going to make with the, the masters. How long will it take to make that 25000 back and include how long it's going to take me to make up the money that I wouldn't put into my retirement account. How, how many, how much money am I not putting in by getting the masters? You know, do the, I would be doing the, doing some hard math on that. And since you're getting the master's degrees, you're a pretty smart fellow. You probably do that math. Good question though. And it, I'm glad you're thinking about it because that is, I, I don't like that, but you're 24. If you're going to take it on, now's the time to do it. But at the same time, putting money away for your retirement when you're young has much more years to grow in the future. <laughs> it's what makes it a tough question. Okay, let's go to Sammy in San Francisco. He wants to talk about Meta. Hi, Sammy. Uh, hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I, w- I would like to get your views on uh, Facebook stock. When do you think is a good point to um, get in? Okay, well, it's made a pretty sharp recovery, and it's one of the huge mega cap stocks at seven oh six hundred ninety five billion dollars almost a trillion well not quite a trillion but you know it's moving up um and these are these are the mega big cap stocks are the ones that uh have been pushing the indexes not the rest of the market but these big guys and this one has been one of the one of the big movers um is it a good time to get into it? Well, taking a look at the numbers, you're going to make great earnings this year, $16.73 per share. That's up 95% from last year. Next year, $19.42. That's another up 16%. And it's a $271 stock. So it's not overpriced. I know people think it might be because they're looking at, wow, it's a $271 stock. Never, ever, ever... Confuse the price of the stock to the valuation of the stock. They don't compute. You have to compare it with the earnings. And if you take next year's earnings of $19.42 divided into the price of stock, you get a P.E. ratio of 13.95. So 14, and its five-year range is 8 to 37. 
So is it a good price? I'm thinking so, even though it doesn't have the growth it used to have. Um, you know, it doesn't have, you know, we're still growing, don't get me wrong, but slowly, very slowly. Um, so if you want to put this in your portfolio, it doesn't pay a dividend, but great cash flow, hardly any debt. I mean, there's there's a lot of good things to say about it, but, you know, it's gone from less than $100 to now $271 since December. Yeah. So that's already been a big move, and you might be a little late for this run. That's what I'm thinking. Anyways, I would probably hold off, Sammy, and see if we get a nice big pullback during the summer. That's what i probably do. Thanks for the call, Sammy. It's Meta, M-E-T-A. So, you know, everybody knows who that is. It's Facebook. Okay? 888-99-CHART. Morgan Stanley warns of a deep earnings recession. Matter of fact, we are in earnings recession because if you compare the last two quarters' earnings with a year ago quarter's earnings, they're down. Both quarters, two quarters in a row of earnings. Now, I'm not talking about GDP, so we're not in a recession recession. We're talking about earnings for corporations, S&P 500. Okay, down uh, 16%. Okay, uh, at year in from the year before. So it's down. Now, Morgan Stanley thinks it's going to continue to be down, but they also at the same time think the stock market is going to rebound by the end of the year. So I find they think we're going to have a drop in the summer, pretty big drop going into the fall, and then a pretty big recovery. That's how I read their analysts' report. You know how these analysts are and these experts, they don't like to be nailed down to exactly what do you mean. They don't like it. They they talk more in generalities. And the ones who are more specific, you know, I I like the specific answers, you know, but they don't like to do that, but they will, but they just don't like it. So they think we're gonna be in a deep earnings recession. That means the next uh time or two, quarter or two is gonna be down. Um, but the market is going to, and the earnings will start to kick back up. The earnings will kick up next year. The market will kick up by the end of this year. Remember, the market looks forward, looks forward, not backwards, look forward. But I find it interesting how they portray the market, Yeah, that they think that the market's going to be bumpy uh, and then, uh, start recovering into the year, and the earnings will dramatically, dramatically, they said, recover next year. Interesting, isn't it? I thought so. Well, Justin Klein, I have been telling you for a while that now that we are in a new market environment, cycles are a natural part of almost every market, all part of every of life. Period. Every economy, every stock market, they always have cycles, 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 cycles. And the economic cycle is not the same as the stock market cycle. They're related, they're related, but they don't go up and down in unison. They don't. The stock market moves up and down before the economy moves up and down, shrinks or grows. Okay, so it's always about a cycle, everybody. And where are we? 
you got to also remember what fits the times. I mean, we've been propounding that bigger cap companies are probably wearing NDB, and this is the first day I've mentioned that maybe there's some good valuations of small cap companies. But you also got to remember the small cap industry or small cap section of the market is much more volatile, up and down. So we may have another spike down before they really bottom. Who knows? Anyways, if you have trouble, you want to help, you will need help understanding how all this works, that's what KPP Financial is all about. We're located in Orange County, California, between San Diego and L.A. counties. We're in South Orange County, right along the border of, uh, of, of San Diego, okay, San Diego County. So, and I'll remind you, at KPP Financial, we have a little bit different philosophy. We believe in parallel investing, meaning we buy the same thing for ourselves. We do our clients. We provide unbiased guidance. We will even just help you if you just want help for free. We don't charge you for just asking questions and have us take a look at your portfolio and tell you where we think you're, you know, you've got problems or where you're doing really well. I've seen portfolios. That say, Man, this is a pretty good portfolio. I've seen them. Okay, so it, it and you got to match your personal risk tolerance. How much risk do you really want to take? And do you understand how much risk you're taking right now in your portfolio? If you need help with all that, that's what we're here for. But if you don't and you just want some someone to bounce off your portfolio and just talk about it, we'll do that. We'll help you. We want to help you. We are going to help you if you'll let us help you. And the sooner you contact us, the sooner we'll be able to help you. And we will not push anything on you. We do not do that. We don't. We have 52.9 million downloads now, everybody. That is really, really good. And we really thank you for doing that. Really. And you're the one that's doing it. You're, you, you, make us, you make us go. So I really appreciate that. Next up, another caller question. So if you just might want to hang on. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The InvestTalk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Mike from Dyer, Indiana. I have a question about auto parts suppliers. Uh, Advanced Auto Parts looks to be dropping 24% uh, this morning after earnings. And compared to AutoZone and O'Reilly that don't pay a dividend, Advanced, to me, appears the best value. But I don't understand why the other two are at near all-time highs and advance keeps going down obviously has to do with earnings but uh, i would like your opinion to see what i'm missing with in comparison with these three stocks thank you okay well i'm not going to be able to compare all three stocks but i quick take a quick look at them and of course AAP is is advanced auto parts, and they're the ones that's gotten beat up the, terribly. But all the other two are down too, which which would be uh, uh, AutoZone and O R L Y, AutoZone A Z O O R L Y O'Reilly. Okay, but let's take a look at advanced auto parts. Okay, it's a three point eight billion dollar company, operates forty seven hundred retail parts stores. The, the 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 answer you hit on the answer the answer is earnings 
2022, they made $13 a share. The year before, $12 a share. The year before, that was $8 a share. This year, they're going to make $6.85. That's a 47% drop year over year. Next year, $7.34, and it's a $65 stock. Okay, so that makes it, what, a 9 PE, 9 point something PE. Uh, Five-year range is 7 to 28, so it's pretty low. But why did they collapse? This is the thing that you really have to look at. Um, and I don't, can't tell you, as I look quickly, I don't see the reason other than they missed earnings. But, you know, we're talking a stock that was like 118 or so down to 65 in a week, two weeks. That's huge collapse. It was $230, of, you know, in 2021, the end of 2020, $230 a share, now it's 65. Okay, it pays 1.5% dividend, not big. It doesn't have a lot of debt. Um, mutual funds have been pretty steady. Owners, management owns 1%. Uh, mutual funds own 56% of the company. Um, a cash flow is very, very strong, $17.68. Turn equity is 27%. Those are all really good numbers. So why did it collapse? There's a reason. Just don't know what it is by just looking at it. But from a valuation, this is the best value of the group. Okay, let's fit in one more question here. This, this, this came in earlier from Walnut Creek, California, in the Bay Area, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Dan from Walnut Creek. I've got a question with regards to Dollar General, DG. The stock dropped almost 20% today. And I have a real small position that's now down 25%. I understand there's been a couple of issues on, I guess they've had some people dying, working, there at Dollar General, and they're trying to get that straightened out. And, that, and then I guess also with regards to um, inflation, the um, CEO is saying that the uh, customers are turning to food banks. I uh, wanted to get your opinion as to um, you think this is going to go down much further, or do you think we should just hang on to it for a little bit and wait for a, a turnaround? Once again, it's a very small portion of my portfolio. Anyway, any advice you can give me, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is Dollar General. DG is a symbol. Operates 19,147 stores in 47 states. Plans to open another 1,050 more stores. Okay? So they're still in growth mode, and they're still growing. They grew 7% their sales, 7% in the most recent quarter, April quarter, 18% a quarter in January quarter, and 11% in last October's quarter. So still pretty strong growth. They're going to make uh, their earnings have gone up, not down. Uh, they're going to make $11.21 next year. They went down this year by 5%. They're going to rebound 10% next year. So it's a $158 stock. And therefore, it's a what? Around a 15 PE? 15 is its five-year low. Return equities are very good at 41%. Has quite a bit of debt. When companies are expanding, that's not unusual. Um, pays a 1.5% dividend yield, which I think is kind of stinky. And it's a $34.8 billion company. It's a huge company, really. I think uh, this is probably pretty close to the bottom. This I can't see it going much lower on fundamental basis, but it did collapse. It was $200 a couple weeks ago. Now it's 158 
So I think you got to wait for a bounce. I think you got to wait for to see some strength. Not yet. It's too early. But that fall was on very high volume, so that worries me. Okay, so don't 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 be jumping in yet. No, 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 no. This is Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and unbiased guidance. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is James from New York. I have a general question about analyzing a company and their debt. What kind of uh, metrics do you guys look at, or how do you analyze a company's long-term and short-term debt? How do you know that they have too much debt on their balance sheet or their debt is justified? Just wanted to know if there's any kind of ways to look into this. Um, looking forward to your answer on that's a very good question and you know I'm, I'm 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 starting to get impressed with the quality of questions from our audience and i really appreciate that so how do you know if a company's carrying too much debt because it's very difficult it's very difficult for instance first you have to have the understanding that some companies need debt to grow they can't grow without debt and banks always have debt right they're borrowing money and lending it out so they're always have huge debt then you got REITs. They always have huge debt. Then you have other companies that sometimes, one of the reasons why I don't like auto companies is they always carry a lot of debt. Generally speaking, generally speaking, they carry a lot of debt. Historically, they carry a lot of debt. And I never understood why they should. They also pay high dividends. To me, that makes no sense. You're borrowing money to pay dividends? So that goes to part of the problem. If it's a company who's growing real fast, okay, it's going to have a lot of debt because its growth makes it have to buy more inventory, build more factories, do whatever it needs to do to keep up with the growth, okay? So you can't just say, well, it has a lot of debt. I don't want it. No. How fast is it growing? If it's an old line company, been around forever, ever, and ever, and ever, and it's carrying lots of debt, that makes no sense unless it's a bank. Okay, uh, unless they just recently bought another company and the you know, debt borrowing money was cheaper than selling stock or, or issuing bonds. Wouldn't it be nice if I could just tell you a number? If it's more than 10% debt of their market cap, uh, don't buy it. You know, I, th- th- there's no such thing as that. That doesn't work. So this is not answering your question at all because it's almost virtually, virtually impossible to answer that question in a vacuum. Don't I can't tell you. I can say stuff like most companies that are mid-sized or large generally don't have a lot of debt or shouldn't have a lot of debt. Unless there was a very good reason to have the debt and you need to find out what that reason is. Now, for instance, Apple, they have billions and billions and billions of dollars and yet they borrowed money because it was an avoidance situation of taxes and to pay dividends to the... So, it, you know... <laughs> It's just not it's just not an answerable question in a vacuum. It's got to ask what company we're talking about, and then let's go look at the debt. 
Okay. Saudi Arabia are, is going to cut oil production by a million barrels a day in July. They want to get the price up. They don't like it being around, you know, $60, $70. They want it to be close to $100. Mind you, they, they get oil out of the ground about $30, $40 a barrel. So they just want to make more money. We, meaning the United States, do not have to be subject to that. But we let ourselves be subject to that. Okay? Because we have huge amounts that we could get and be self-sufficient. Uh, uh, Canada has the oil sands, which is very dirty oil. And it's very expensive oil. Okay? So they want higher prices too. But it hurts our economy because we have a lot of cars on the road still using oil. We are a, an energy uh, an energy glutton. We like we like energy, okay. And of course, we're trying to change that with the EV revolution, electric vehicle. But we're still gonna. But it's gonna be decades of necessity for oil. But man, I think we should be an oil export exporter so that we can not let Saudi Arabia and OPEC control the price of oil. We don't want them to control it. And if Saudi Arabia can't get the price up that they want, they'll cut it more. Because they don't think we would increase our production. They don't think that's going to happen. And they're probably right. We're probably not. So that's what we got going on. So expect higher prices in the future for your gasoline, everybody. Just saying. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, we got to close. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please, sure, I would love for you to rate us on on iTunes if that's where you get your downloads. Appreciate that, really do. Thank you for listening to the show and downloading just in general. We really appreciate that. And remember, you can follow us on Invest Talk on our social media. Invest Talk, everybody. Invest Talk with two T's, no spaces. And be sure to like and tag us, please. Independent thing and share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. See you tomorrow. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.